0: We're in a series called Overwhelm. And we've been talking about overwhelm in different areas of life. Overwhelm with guilt. We've talked about overwhelm with anger. Last Sunday, Pastor Tom, he talked about being overwhelmed with depression. and What a powerful, powerful message that he shared last Sunday. I'm uh, very open, very transparent. And uh, so many of you have reached out to Tom. Pastor Tom just asking for prayer, asking for help. And um, I know that so many people were blessed by the message on depression last Sunday. Not an easy topic to cover. Today, I want to talk about being overwhelmed with grief. Overwhelmed with grief. And our key verse for this morning is found in Psalm 34, verse number 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And save those who are crushed in spirit. Grief comes in many different forms. Most people think grief only happens at a funeral home or when you lose a family member or a loved one. But really, you have thousands of losses in your life. And grief can cover many different things. Grief you can lose your health, you can lose your job, you can lose a friend, a relationship, divorce. You can lose your finances. And so grief isn't just for those that lose a loved one. It covers many different areas. There's many different levels of grief. Hundreds and hundreds of things that you have in life that you and I can lose. So grief, many things that we can grieve for because they are losses in life. And what I'd like to do real quickly is talk about five facts or five ideas about grief. And they're real quickly written on the program. There's no fill a the blank on this part, but I want to talk about each one of these very quickly because they're so important. Number one, loss is unavoidable, but grief is a choice. It's unavoidable. You can't avoid it. But it's a choice. You have to choose to grieve. A lot of people, they do not choose to. They stuff it. They deny it. They try to go through all the losses of life without grieving. And let me say that. Let me say this. When you do that, it's a big mistake. There's no life without change. There's no change without pain. And there is no loss without pain. But grief is always a choice. And you have a choice. You can either grieve or you can stuff it and deny it, but you have a choice. But here's the second thought on this. Grief is healthy. It's healthy. In fact, it's the only healthy response when you have a loss. Because it's unhealthy to deny a loss. It's healthy to grieve. By the way, sadness is not a weakness. That's an American myth. That's an American idea that sadness is a weakness. The the reality is this, that weak men, weak men are afraid of showing their emotions. Weak men are afraid to cry. Weak men are afraid to get emotional. And that's a sign of weakness. In fact, the stronger you are, the more confident you are, the more you're not afraid to show your emotions. And here's why it's important. If I don't let my grieving out in healthy ways, then I am going to act out in unhealthy ways. So grieving is healthy. Number three, God... He grieves with me. He grieved with me. We just read our verse. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And some of you this morning, you're brokenhearted. You're brokenhearted. Maybe your heart was broken this past week, maybe this past month. Maybe your heart was broken this past year. Perhaps your heart's been broken for a long, long time. Your heart's broken. The Bible says that God is close to the brokenhearted. When you think God is a million miles away and he's nowhere to be found, guess what? He is as close to you as he can get. We just need to tune into him. He is close to to the brokenhearted. He is close. God grieves with me. Number four, real quickly, grief is healed in community. It's healed in community. Now, many people are afraid of sharing their grief with others. Many people don't know how to share their grief. This is part of the problem. We're unhealthy in the way we deal with grief, with the way that we deal with our losses. And, and it's hard to open up. It's hard to share with other people. And that, that, that's a reality. It, it's uncomfortable sometimes to get around people and to be able to open up to your grief. One of my favorite TV shows is called The Office. How many of you like watching The Office? All right, some of you here. And um, if, if you can watch it on Netflix and, and just watch The Office, your life will be changed. Um, uh, there's a man who, owned, who runs the paper company named Michael Scott. And Michael Scott would be the ultimate definition of the word gullible. Uh, if you look for the word gullible, you will find his face next to that word. I mean, he's just, you know, he's a sucker for everything. He believes everything. Uh, and he had recently lost a friend, and, and he's in mourning. And um, it's not really a close friend. It was his former boss that fired him. But for some reason, he thought, you know what, I should grieve. And he thought, maybe I should get some people together. And so he forced a meeting with everybody in the office to come and have a grief support group. And you can just see in this group how sometimes grieving with others can sometimes be uncomfortable. Okay, we can start. You waited Um, for me? Yeah. Pam, you're a member of this family, so we will wait for our family members. Phyllis, you want to give it a shot? I got it. When my mother was pregnant with me, they did an ultrasound and found she was having twins. When they did another ultrasound, a few weeks later, they discovered that I had resorbed the other fetus. Do I regret this? No. I believe his tissue has made me stronger. I now have the strength of a grown man and a little baby. Okay, why don't you throw the ball to somebody else? Nope. Yo, yes, Stanley, come on. Your turn. You have to go. I will not. Okay. I'm going to toss the ball to Pam. Let's see. I had an aunt that I was really close to. She was this amazing female boxer. Um, anyway she was injured in a fight and she was paralyzed. So you can imagine how upset I was when I found out that she asked her manager to remove her breathing tube so she could die. Wow. If you wanna cry, that's okay. Thanks, um, a few years ago, My family was on a safari in Africa and um, my cousin, Mufasa, was um, he was trampled to death by a pack of wildebeests and um, we all took it really hard, all of us kind of in the audience, of what happened. Do you want to talk about it anymore? Oh, it would probably take me like an hour and a half to tell that whole story. Me, 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 Yes. Okay. Um, I was trying to throw this party once, and everyone was over for the weekend. And then my uncle Bernie died, and so me and my best friend, we had to pretend like he was alive. So Wait that- a second. That's Weekend at Bernie's. You now, sometimes people just don't know how to share their grief. But grief is best healed in community. The Bible says in Galatians 6 2, carry each other's burdens. And in this way you will fulfil the law of Christ. In other words, when I'm in pain, I'm supposed to be my pain is supposed to be carried by others. When you're in pain, I'm supposed to carry your pain. Romans 12, 15, when others are happy, be happy with them. If they're sad, share their sorrow. Grief is healed in community. Number five, grief takes time. It takes time. You don't just get over it. It takes time. And depending on the level of grief, the longer it takes. And then sometimes you just never get over it. Now, the intensity of grief wanes over time, but you never truly get over maybe perhaps a major loss. And so grief takes time depending on what the level of grief and what the level of loss might be. But it takes time. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 and 4, the Bible says there's a time for everything. There's a season for every activity under heaven, a time to weep." a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance. We don't always have times of grieving. It's called season. He said there's a season for everything. You know how long a season is. Uh, we just went through a very long season of winter, right? And we're about to face a very short, short spring, and we're going to roll into summer before you know it. And, um, but season isn't a day. You know, different levels of loss take time to grieve over. The Bible says there's a season for everything. Sometimes we're living our lives in a season called the valley of life. We're living in the valley. Other times we're living in a season where we're living on top of the mountain, mountaintop. Now, for those of you in this room that are followers of Christ, it's so easy to believe that God is with us when things are good, when things are going well. When you're on the mountaintop, it's easy to believe that God is with us. You know, whenever you get a really good news, perhaps you get a raise at work, or your baby sleep through the night for the very first time, I mean, that's like a mountaintop experience. When you get a parking spot in the mall and it's very close, and say, Okay, God, you know, I'm in your favor. <laughs> I'm on the mountaintop here. It's easy to sense the presence of God when things are going well, when things are going good, when you're on top of the mountain. However, it's more difficult to sense God's presence. When the season of life that you're living in is in the valley, it's difficult to sense the presence of God when you're in the deep valleys of life, when you're in the midst of overwhelming grief. It is sometimes hard to sense the presence of God. And again, there are many different types of valleys, there's some valleys that aren't so deep. But there's some valleys that are just dark. And you're deep in the valleys. And some of you here this morning, you're here because part of your life is in a dark place, in a dark valley. And you're deep in this valley of loss. You're in this valley of grieving over a loss. And whatever level you are, you're in the valley. So the question is, where is God in the valley. Where is God when you're in the, in the darkest days of your life, when you are overwhelmed with grief? Where is God? Where is He when we're in the valleys? And when you look at the scripture, it's interesting that the valley represents several things. In a battle often took place when you look at the scripture, battles often took place in the valley. And some of you right now, you may be in a valley right now. You may be in a battle in the middle of the valley. The scripture talks about the valleys being seasons of depression and desperation. Valleys were seasons of loneliness. And it's interesting also that valleys were a time of growth. You may enjoy God in some ways on the mountain, but you experience him in different ways when you're in the valley. In fact, if you want to look at your notes, and this is the highlight thought I want to get over, get over with you today. and It's on the screen. We may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we get to know him intimately in the valley. That's where we can grow the most. Yes, we may know him and enjoy him when times are really good. But we get to know God in a total different way when we're deep in the valley. How can we know God more intimately in the valley? I want to look at the next few minutes. We'll to look at a psalm, Psalm 84. And I want to look at a few verses here and to kind of walk through this. And I pray that today... If you're in a valley, you're in a valley of loss, and you're grieving. Perhaps you're in a valley of desperation, loneliness. Maybe you're in a valley of, of depression. Pastor Tom talked about this, and this applies as well. You're in some type of valley, and you're grieving over something. You're grieving over a loss. Whatever that loss might be, you are grieving. I pray that you will find hope in the Scripture. I pray you find hope in Psalm. 84. If you've ever read through Psalm 84, chances are you read right past these verses. And even if you did stop real slowly to read them, it probably didn't make a whole lot of sense. But I pray that today you will see some hope in the valley of grief and loss. Psalm 84, verse number 5, it says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you. In other words, blessed are those who find their strength in God, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the Valley of Baca, we're going to talk about that in just a minute, the Valley of Baca, not Chewbacca, all right, that's Star Wars, that's a total different movie, okay? This is the Valley of Baca. They make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in thine. The Valley of Baca. Now what is and where is the Valley of Baca? Some scholars are not 100% sure where it is, but many of them believe that the Valley of Baca is located just south of Jerusalem, about two to four miles away from the walls of Jerusalem. And the word baka, many people believed that it was related to a tree, a type of tree, a mulberry tree. The valley of baka was related to a tree, and this tree would ooze out sap. It would ooze out sap. If you walk by the tree, people would call this tree, they would describe the tree as a weeper. It looked like the tree was crying. And that's why the Valley of Baca is translated in different ways. If you're taking notes, it's called in different ways the Valley of Tears, the Valley of Weeping, the Valley of Loss, the Valley of Baca. Anytime you see a valley in the Bible, you will see a place that was very dangerous. There will be thorns, wild animals. There will be people waiting to jump on you, to attack you, to rob you. Very dangerous, difficult place to get through a valley when you see it in the Scripture. And this is why the psalm said this verse in verse 5. He said, Blessed are those whose strength is found in you, God. Now, Now, I noted that there are some people in this room this morning, you're not a follower of Christ. And by the way, we're glad that you're here. I am so glad that you came to church today, but you don't have a relationship with Christ. And you don't know God intimately. And there's chances that there are times when you just say, man, God, I've had enough, I can't do it anymore, I'm overwhelmed, I'm exhausted, I am burned out, I just don't have enough. And the truth is, if you don't have God, then all you have is what you have. All you have is what you have. What you have is all that you'll ever have without God. You will live this life going through the valleys alone without God. But if you are a follower of Christ, and by the way, if you're not a follower of Christ, there's hope for you. You can become a follower of Christ. You don't have to walk through the valleys alone. And for those who are followers of Christ, we believe that we have a strength that goes beyond just what we have. A strength that is greater than us. We have access to a heavenly strength, a divine strength. And that's why the psalm said, Blessed are those whose strength is found in you. We believe that when we get to the end of our strength, that God's strength takes over. When I was in college, I entertained the idea for a little bit of working out. I went to the gym, and I had a buddy. He was my spotter. You know, and I get down there, and I do the bench press, and, and I, I started the bench press, and it looked bad, but I had no, no barbells on, on my side. I'm just pushing up the pole, but the pole, is 45 pounds, okay, so that's a good start, okay? So I'm picking that up, and, and uh, I got my spotter, and of course, you know, when you're bench pressing, you know, the first several bench press, it's no, no big deal. I mean, you're just, you're working this thing. You got this. Alright, it, it's down to the end, you know, you're trying to get to 25, or whatever the number is, alright, so let's just say 25, and I'm at 21, and I'm struggling, I'm struggling to pick up the 45 pound bar with no barbells on the side, I'm struggling to pick this up now, alright, my muscles worn out, and I got my spotter, you know, he's behind me, you know, he's, he's shouting out encouragement, So has got, you've got this, you can do this, and, and, and as I Struggle to get it back up. My spider, he starts to take over just a little bit, right? He takes over a little bit. Just enough for me to get it back up. He's not helping me all the way. And I get it up up there. And he says, all right, Scott, you got four more to go. Just four more. So I bring it back down, you know. And putting it down, that's the easy part, right? I mean, I let gravity, you know, hit me hard. All right, you're not supposed to do that. But I just, all right, here we go. And then he says, all right, Scott, you can do this. You can do this. And I'm, I'm getting about halfway, and, 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 and I can tell that he's kind of taken over a little bit more of this time to help me get up to the top. And I'm, I'm down to three, two, the last rep. You know, he, I mean, he said, come on, Scott, you can do this. You can make it. And at this point, I've given up. I, at this point, I'm not even pushing. And, I, and he's doing all the work. He is literally picking up the barbell and he's giving me the credit for that rep, even though I didn't do a thing. I didn't do any of it. And the good news is this. For those who are in Christ's followers, for those who are in Christ, there is a power bigger than a spotter. And he will carry you through. It is our God who, when you hit the end of your strength, when you have given all you've got, his strength is made perfect in your weakness. And he takes over. Blessed are those whose strength is found in God. If you're in the middle of the valley, you have access to the very real, ever-present power of a good God who is available and ready to come and assist you in your time of need. He is available. He is ready. Blessed are those whose strength Is found in God. Some of you need to admit it. Some of you need to get on your knees before God and say, I don't have what it takes on my own, God. I need your presence. I need your strength. I need you to do what I cannot do no longer for myself. Blessed are you when you cry out to God and say, God, I need you. I need you. And when you're in the valley of deep love, that those moments we say, God, I, I can't do this on my own. I'm overwhelmed with grief. And God, I need you to carry me through. I need you to help me guide me through my days. I need you. Blessed are those, the Bible says, whose strength is found in God. And look at that next phrase whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. And they're probably like, okay, big deal. What does that mean? I love a different translation of this, the new living translation. It it says it this way in verse 5. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord who set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. See, I love that. See, we're on a pilgrimage, you and I, to Jerusalem. And you say, well, what does that mean? Jerusalem. On a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. What are you talking about? You may be in a valley. But we're going to a place. What was known as the place or the city of Zion. It's also translated Jerusalem as, the, as a city of refuge. It's also called a place of Peace you and I are on a pilgrimage to a place of peace. A place of peace. One commentary he said this, to get to the city of refuge, to get to the place of peace, you had to travel through the valleys of peace. To get to to Jerusalem, the place of peace, you had to travel through the valley of Baca, the valley of, of tears. And I like that image. See, sometimes to get to where you can really appreciate the presence and the power of God, you have to push through a little bit of pain. You have to push a little bit of pain to get to the presence of the goodness of God. You see, the valley that you're in, the valley that you're living in right now, is the pathway to peace. It's the pathway to the place of peace. We push through the valley. We're on a pilgrimage. What joy for those whose strength come from the Lord who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. He's set their minds. Everybody say my mind is set. All right? My mind is set. Say it with me. My mind is My mind is the place that you're going to. What you think about matters so much. What you think about matters. Paul talks about having your mind set on things above. He said in Colossians 3, 2, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, he said, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. See, where you are is one thing. What you think about is another. Where you are is one thing. What you think about is something else. Your current situation may be in a valley, but your mind can still be set on Christ. No matter how shallow or how deep the valley you're in, you cast your mind on God. There may be too much to do. There may be pressure with the in-laws. You may be wondering how you're going to pay the bills. And on and on and on and on. That might be one valley you're in. Or there may be some real tragedies in the valley. You're in that deep part of the valley. And I'm here to say that you need to set your mind on the goodness of God. God. You may be grieving in the valley, but your mind is fit toward God. Psalm eighty four verse number six. Look at verse six. As they pass through the valley of Baca. I'm gonna stop there for a minute. Pass through the valley. In other words, we may be in the valley right now, but the valley is not our destination. It's not where we are supposed to stay. We're not supposed to stay in the valley. It's not our destination. What are we doing? We're passing through. We are passing through. I'm on a journey to the place of peace. I'm just passing through. My God will get me through this. And when I run out of strength, He will carry me through as I cast my mind, as I set my mind on God. David said something very similar in Psalm 23. It said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. I may be in the valley, but I'm just passing through. I may be in a difficult time, but God is going to get me through. I may be hurting right now, but I'm not hurting forever. My God it's going to pull me through. I may be in a dark place. But we're just passing through the valley of Baca. Sometimes we're in the middle of it. You just want out. You say, God, get me out. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I don't want this anymore. Please take it away. I just want out. And what you have to realize that so often God may show you the way out. It's through the valley. The way out is through the valley. The road to the path of peace is oftentimes through the valley. We're just passing through. Passing through. Now while you're walking through, while you're passing through the valley of the shadow of death, you're looking at Jesus. You set your mind on God. You know what i discovered about shadows? Wherever there's a shadow, there's a light. Right? Wherever there's a shadow... There's a light, and here's the point I want to make. Behind every shadow, there's a capital L light. When I'm walking through the valley of the shadow, and I see that shadow, that shadow being cast by my own image. And it's long and dark. We need to turn our back against the shadow. I turn our eyes. And our, put our eyes on the light. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I am the one that will bring the hope in the dark place. And I'm here today, this morning, if you don't have Christ in your life, if you don't know the light of the world, you need him. You need Christ in your life. If you haven't done that, you need to do it no matter where you are, no matter how deep and dark your situation might be. I'm here to say to give your heart, give your life to the light. Give it to Jesus. Because you and I don't have the resources to make it through all the losses that are going to happen in this life. If you don't have the power of God in your life, you don't have the resources to carry on your own. Your strength will run out. And you have no God to help you because you don't have a relationship with God. You need Jesus who came and died for you walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Go back to Psalm 84, look at verse number 6. Look at the second part of that verse. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. In the King James language, it says it this way. Instead of a place of springs, it says, they make it a well. They make it a well. You see, the valley is a dry, dark place. It's a desert place. And I think it's ironic. That here you are on a pilgrimage through this dry, dusty valley that the word of the Lord says, make a well. Make a well. Whenever you and I are in a dry place, we should dig a well. Make a well. You take and clear away a little hole, and you pray for that scissor that you created, that hole in the wall or the hole in the mountainside, and you pray for rain to come in this desert place to come fill this well that you made you made that little hole as a container for the provision of rain that God, was gonna, that, that God is going to send and you can trust God that he will show up you see when you're dry and when you're hurting you make room for the presence of God you dig a well you dig a well it hasn't rained yet I know that my God will provide. He will provide what you need and what I need. So make a container, make a well, preparing for the present and provision of God. Make a well. It's almost as if God would say something like this You show me your faith, and I will show you my faithfulness. Show me your faith, and I will show you my faithfulness. If you dig it, I will. Feel it. If you prepare for me, I will show up. You show me your faith, and I will show you my faithfulness. And he is faithful. And as you grieve, as you walk through that valley, say, God, I don't understand, I don't get it, but I'm going to dig a well. And I'm going to prepare my heart for your your presence in my life and for your provision in my life. James chapter 4, verse 8, I love the promise of God. It's to come near to God, and he will come near to you. You show me that you believe, and I will show you my presence. That's what God's saying. You show me that you believe, and I will show you my presence. If you seek me, you will find me. If you make room for me, I will reveal myself to you. There's somebody here this morning You haven't sensed the presence of God in a long, long time. You've been in a dry, dusty valley of life. and You haven't sensed the presence of God. And I say to you this morning, it's time to make a well. It's time to dig a ditch. It's time to say, God, I'm going to stop and I'm going to wait for your presence. I'm going to prepare for your provision and for your presence. I am going to Draw close to you. I'm going to draw near to you so that you can reveal yourself to me. Because if you dig it, you will feel it. And here's what I hope you understand. God never, ever promised that you would never go through the valley. He never promised that. He never promised that you would, would be exempt from walking through valleys. But what he did promise is that you would never go through the valley alone. You are not on your own. And it's through the valley that you can get to know God in a more intimate way through your time of loss, through your time of darkest pain. It's through that valley that God will reveal himself in the way that you will never see on top of a mountain. It's the opportunity in the valley to grow in your faith. But in order to grow in your faith, you have to dig a well. You have to catch your mind and set your mind on Christ as you walk through the valley. You're close to the broken hearted He is close. You won't walk alone. He is with you. Verse number seven, and we're done. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in thine. So I love that. I love that phrase. They go from strength to strength. Blessed are those who experience the strength of God. And then we go from a little bit of strength to a little bit more strength to a little bit more strength to even more of God's strength until we arrive at the place of peace, at the city of refuge before God in Zion. Not our strength. But his strength will carry us through and through, all the way through. And this morning, right now, some of you might be feeling weak. You might be feeling weak, and you might be saying, who is God? And in the middle of your weakness, my God is my strength. When you're in the darkness, who is God? Our God is your light in the darkness. When you're in the season of trouble, who is our God? He is your joy in the trouble. When you're in the middle of pain, in the middle of loss, in the middle of grieving, who is our God? He is your comforter in the middle of that pain, grief, and loss. And that's where our God is. We pass through the valley. Even though we're in the valley, we don't fear. Why? Because he's with us. The same God that is good, on the mountaintop. It's good to us in the valley. We get to know him in the valley. If you're in the valley right now, you're just passing through. You won't be there forever. It's not the destination. Our God will lead you out. He is good. He is with you. He is present, and he will take you from strength to strength. And when you can't handle it anymore, you lean into him, and you let his strength be everything that you need. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I feel no evil. Why? Because she's with me. What valley are you walking in this morning? What valley are you in? I pray you find hope in the scripture. I pray that you find hope in your grief and loss. That you'll walk through this life. That you're walking through a pathway called the valley. To the place of peace. If you don't know Jesus. You're going to be stuck in the valley of life. And you're not going to have the resources that you need to get through it. But with the power of God, those who are in Christ, we've got the hope. We've got the power and the provision and the presence of Almighty God. Our Heavenly Father, we love you and thank you for your word. We thank you for Psalm 84. We thank you for the promises of your scripture. So many of us here this morning, facing our loss of some type of loss, perhaps something that happened the past year, the past month, maybe many years ago, we've just never gotten over it. God, I pray that we will work through our grief and find hope in our grief. God, I pray that we will see your provision and your presence, that we see your power as we walk through the valley. Know that we're not alone, that we have you, and you're all that we need. We're not alone. We thank you for your word. In your name I pray. Amen.